kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they, anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I will be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer. And I want to start by saying how unbelievably grateful and humbled I am by the feedback I've been receiving on this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. What a gift it is to receive the love pouring in for this amazing podcast that we're creating for all of you. Keep it coming, mamas. I value every review, every private message, every tag, every share. It all means so much to us. Thank you. So today, in honor of World Prematurity Day coming this Saturday, we're talking about the tiny warriors and their warrior mamas. We're talking about all the miracles that exist and hopes to empower the mamas in the trenches, all the fears, the anxieties that come along with it. I have not personally experienced prematurity on this level, but we have some incredibly inspiring and well-versed guests to lead us through the show today. So please help me welcome Rihanna Luck and Charlene Olton to the show. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 So Rihanna is a mom of five. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's hard to say that. Five, seven-year-old triplet boys, a four-year-old daughter, and a a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. My word, woman, you are busy. (laughs) Four out of her five babies were preemie, and she spent a total of 119 days in the NICU. Rihanna is owner of two businesses and co-owner of three others because you didn't have enough on your plate. (laughs) She's also an upcoming contributor, and you've got this boss mama, and I am just so grateful that you made it on the show today. That sounds like you have an awful lot going on, so thank you for being here with us. It's my pleasure. And Charlene is a confident and happy mom of three children who are all born prematurely. Charlene has a passion for writing and is a well-recognized published author with Golden Brick Road Publishing House and a regular contributor for us over at YGTMama.com. Charlene is a popular health and wellness coach with It Works. She is in the Royal Canadian Navy as a reservist, and she is a Pisces who lives on beautiful Vancouver Island in BC. She's also an upcoming contributor, and you've got this mama too, launching this spring, and you've got this healthy mama. So amazing. Thanks for coming on, ladies, and welcome, both of you. Thank you so much. So this is a bit of a tricky topic today. And it's funny because before the show, Charlene was saying like, how do we talk about this without, you know, getting a little bit too intense and too dramatic? And my response to that was the way it always is. You know, we talk about the gray areas on this show. We talk about the things that people don't necessarily want to talk about because it is hard and it is challenging and it is sad in a lot of cases, but with both of you, both of your situations, you know, your, your children are little miracle babies and they're all here with us today. So we're going to dive into, you know, some of the gray areas and some of the more difficult challenges that you had to deal with. And, you know, in hopes to 
empower and inspire our moms that are in the trenches right now dealing with this difficult time. So World Prematurity Day coming up November 17th, you know, it's such an amazing thing that we're bringing awareness to this because I think it's overlooked. So many people do deal with prematurity and it's not talked about very often. You know, I don't know that much about it and I work with moms all the time. So I'm really glad that you came on today and that you're here to share your stories with us. I think it's so brave and so powerful and just thank you. So I wanted to start with whoever wants to start can start, but I just (laughs) sort of wanted to hear your, your stories, right? Because, you know, Rihanna having four of your five children premature, Charlene having all three of your children premature, like those, there's some big stories there. So without going into it too much because we, we have less than an hour on the show and I'm sure your, <laughs> your stories could fill a whole book and hours and hours of content, but how can you sort of shorten your story and just tell us a little bit about your experience with the NICU and with having premature babies? Yeah, I can, I can hop in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, I have two very different stories to some extent, actually. So, um, my boys, the triplets, they were our first kids. Um, and, uh, they were obviously a high risk pregnancy and something that we pretty much expected to have, um, as preemies. We were really, um, fortunate that they made it to 31 weeks and five days. And I think, um, you know, if, we had one of them that, uh, had what was called reverse diastolic flow. So he was not getting enough blood to grow, um, but enough blood to survive. So they had to take him out. And if it wasn't because of that, they could have probably stayed in a bit longer, but they were out at 31 weeks and five days, which is pretty good for, for triplets, but still very itty bitty. So itty bitty. Um, and then, uh, I ended up having a full term two days overdue girl, um, for my second pregnancy, all was good, but then, and then got pregnant again and, uh, was expecting the same thing. And then suddenly at 28 weeks, my, or uh, sorry, 29 weeks, my water broke completely unexpected. Um, and so that was really hard. Um, I think it was, it was a lot easier for us to go through the premature, um, preemie baby experience when you know it's coming, but when you don't know it's coming, gosh, it's hard. Um, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of ups and downs in it. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. It sounds absolutely crazy. Wow. Five kids though. That's, that's even crazier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after triplets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. We went for more after. <laughs> very, very brave woman. Um, so I, I'd love, I'm, I have some more questions later on, but Shar, I'd love to hear your story too. Hi. So, Hi. uh, first of all, Rihanna, you're amazing. I, <laughs> I can relate to so much of what you're saying in some ways, but also, um, triplets like that is such a story right there mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear how how each boy did individually in the NICU like that's yeah. its own hour segment it is. yeah so, it really is. as you guys know uh, I'm Charlene and I have three children and all of my children were born premature and all of my children were born within 32 months of each other so they were very close together and um all of them uh, spent time in the NICU in the various levels. So I had my first son, um, his name's Jaden. He was born at 32 weeks. He weighed almost five pounds and we had no idea that uh, we were even a risk pregnancy or 
you know, I had this beautiful birth plan and I had no idea that, that preemies were even a thing in this world. I, I was so uneducated about a birth plan that didn't go as, as prepared as, as planned for. So he was my first, uh, my first, my first baby, my first NICU experience. And it was horrible. It was terrifying. I, I still have PTSD about, about delivering him when his birthday comes. It's not, well, it's a mixture. It's not just joy. It's also reliving really scary times. And then I ended up pregnant again. And my doctor told me that this pregnancy was a risk pregnancy and that because I had a preemie, we might have another. So this pregnancy was very different. I felt, uh, I felt prepared for the unexpected. I felt like I knew the worst case scenario and I was uh, eager to experience what could be the best case scenario. But my son Jeffrey was born at 28 weeks. He was two pounds and his birth was, um, his birth was leading up to his birth was terrifying. But from day one, he was a strong fighter. He, he was my healthiest preemie. And then um, within one year, I had my daughter. She uh, she was born at 26 weeks. Julianne was less than two pounds when she was born. And um, her, her, her whole pregnancy leading up to her birth was, mm, it was the most joyful pregnancy. I knew that I would have another preemie. My waters ruptured at 22 weeks. We were encouraged to end our pregnancy because she would not be viable at that time. I chose and advocated for life and I chose to try to keep her in me. I'm going to cry, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I, I fought for her and, and it became this um, empowering pregnancy. And for four weeks I was on bed rest. She had no fluid. It was just a few few ounces in there and um, she was born at 26 weeks and combined like Rihanna I spent um, over 110 days in the NICU with these with these little miracles wow crazy 22 weeks that is very very early wow that's crazy yeah she was a fetus that's crazy yeah goosebumps holy moly both of you are absolute warriors and all of your little ones are warriors too. It's just so insane to hear that, you know, uh, not to, I don't even know how to say it. Both my kids were 10 pounds. So, you know, I just, I can't even picture holding a little two pound baby. It's just, it's so, you're both amazing. Both amazing. Wow. Okay. Rihanna, I want to, well, actually, I want to ask both of you because your stories as, as not like, they're not similar, but they're, you know, you have a lot in common. Um, how do you cope with that? How do you cope with this unexpected birth plan? Like all of a sudden, you know, we're all warriors in a sense this, this motherhood thing is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart for sure. But how do you cope with all of a sudden having this surprise, right? Sort of thrown at you. I know that some of you, knew 
that it was going to happen, right? Charlene, you said like you knew you were Mm -hmm. going to have premature babies, but you still can't really prepare for that. What kind of anxiety do you feel every day coming up to that day when, you know, just knowing that it could come at any time must be an insane feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, uh, for me, for the boys, it was, uh, it wasn't an unexpected birth plan. It was very, I mean, we just kind of, we knew, right. And it was also the unex, there was very much unknown with it. And that was probably almost better for us in that situation that a, we knew we were going to have preemies B there was a lot of unknown, what it would be like and the struggles that would come along with it. And so that probably in and of itself was a bit of a blessing for us. Um, when I had my fifth and, uh, and my water broke, I was out with the kids. My husband was away at a volleyball tournament coaching. Um, and, uh, and I had a friend had to take me with the kids to the hospital, walk into the hospital with my pants, you know what it's like, right? Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> walk in. And as soon as I walk into emerge, I burst into the tears because I knew I just, I knew what was coming and I knew it would be a long haul. And, and, uh, and I'd be spending a bunch of time up in the hospital and it was different that time for me. One thing it's to have preemie babies and not having any other kids at home is, is one thing to deal with. But then when you've got four other kids at home that are, missing their mom. And that for me was probably the hardest, really the hardest part with my second, um, preemie baby was, was having the kids at home and the, the struggle trying to be both places and not being able to be in both places. So anyway, going back to your question, I'm off a little bit, but, um, there was a lot of tears, Chad. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's one coping mechanism. And, but then also I think, knowing too that truly we have an outstanding healthcare system that um amazing. yeah it's it's amazing what um what they can do for these little babies and and how how they come through and and they make it and they're amazing little people <laughs> yeah so crazy now for your for your most recent pregnancy you said you didn't know that it, your baby was going to be premature, obviously, but did you, how was that pregnancy for you? Is it a normal pregnancy? Was there any risk? Was there any concern? No, it was great. Wow. I had just, uh, yeah, there was nothing. It, and they, of course you think back, Oh, did I lift too much? Did I do too much and all that kind of stuff? But there's no, you don't know, right, with that. So it was completely unexpected. <laughs> and it's interesting you say that because one of the things I wanted to ask, because in reading all of the chapters in the books, like I obviously proofread and edit all the chapters in the You've Got This Mama books, you know, a lot of people say, and I'm finding this so interesting, that there's feelings of guilt and shame and self-blame that somehow this was your fault. Um, mm-hmm. What did you do? that made this happen. And I just, I find the psychology around that so interesting. So Rihanna, you said that you did experience some of those feelings. What about you, Charlene? Did you ever experience any of those feelings of, could I have done something different? Yeah. To this day, my job as a mother is to raise and mm, keep my children healthy and alive. Like right from the minute of conception, I wanted to be a mom and I can envision my children and picture my life and none of it has played out the way I thought it would. So, um, 
my story is opposite of Rihanna's. Uh, my first child was my unexpected, oh my God, I'm having a baby right now moment. And by my third, you know, I, I was terrified to have a full term baby because I've never had that experience. <laughs> For me, the minute my son was born and, and I knew he was struggling to live, I felt inadequate. How can I, how can I raise this child if I don't even know what the doctor's saying and I am so ill prepared for and ill equipped to handle I you know I don't know what blood glass or blood gas is and I don't know what those tubes and and machines are and I felt a roller coaster of emotions just from the minute I became a mother and with that is also absolute joy you know I will stand by his cot even though I can't touch him and and advocate for him and, you know, love him fiercely. And, you know, I'm still a mother. I just, my story is different than others. It's it's quite the journey for sure. Well, that's a good segue. You mentioned something about not knowing what the doctor is saying. I feel like this is common as well that, you know, there's so much, so much going on. And these doctors are doing obviously everything they can to save your baby and to make everyone as comfortable as possible. But in the chaos and in the trauma of it all, there's so much going on that how, how did you find that experience? Like, did you feel like you were connected and you were being filled in on the process and what was happening? Or did you feel completely detached from the situation where you just had no idea what was going on? Either of you (laughs) or both of you. Uh, Well, you know, to be honest, Sabrina, I, um, I felt all of that in my first preemie experience with my eldest, I knew nothing. I, I didn't even understand how to properly wash my hands and gown up to go into the NICU. And, you know, you're, you're struggling with an unexpected birth plan and the guilt around that, but you're also recovering from birth while your child is struggling to live. The whole process is overwhelming. So then when the doctors start introducing themselves and, um, you know, their specialties and then talking, they just instantly want to teach you what they're doing to your baby. But I didn't understand any of it. Mm -hmm. However, on the flip side, by my third preemie, um, you know, I was walking in with a notepad, I was walking in, checking the schedule of what doctors and pediatricians and cardiologists are on are working today. Um, I, I knew the words. They felt familiar. I understood what blood glass or blood gas was. I understood the tubes and uh, no, I knew how to read the monitors. So I felt with my first pregnancy or sorry, my first son's experience in the NICU, terrified and overwhelmed. And by the third time in the NICU, I felt comfort and knowledge. So so all I'm the not feels. sure if you can relate, Rihanna, but I'm sure you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's super overwhelming, the whole experience and the dinging, the constant dinging. And, you know, is it, is that, are there, is there oxygen stats too high? Are they too low or what's going on? Yeah, it's, it is very, extremely overwhelming. I, uh, I mean, the benefit is I feel like they're always very willing to provide information and to always ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, you know, if I was giving any recommendations out there is, 
it's spent, ask the questions. If you don't know, if you're unsure, then make sure you're out, you are asking questions for clarification so that you do understand what's going on with your baby and, and why they're doing what they do. Absolutely. Well, always asking questions for anything is it's so beneficial because we don't know everything. You know, we have such strong intuition when it comes to our children and we, we do need to follow our gut and follow our heart. But I think in a lot of situations, we, we just need to ask a lot of questions too. There's no harm in asking questions. And I don't know, Charlene, too, what your experience was. We, um, so we're in a small ish town, um, in, in Alberta in Red Deer and, um, our babies were all born up in Edmonton at the Royal Alec, um, because our local hospital doesn't, can't accommodate anything younger than 32 weeks, I believe it is. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. 32 weeks maybe. Um, so, but then they were transferred because we wanted to be close to home and that, uh, we pushed for it so hard with our boys to get transferred locally and regretted it the minute that we walked in. Um, and, uh, just because they just were not as experienced with the level of what our kids were when we were at, at, in Edmonton with the boys, they were almost the healthiest in their pods and doing really great. And then when we got transferred to our local hospital, then they suddenly became, the, the least sick babies. Healthy. Yes, they were. And we had gone from holding our boys from the day after they were born. Every single day we got to do kangaroo care with them. And when we got transferred, it was almost a week. Oh, mama. Before we could hold them again. And that, and I mean, you talk about advocating for our kids. Boy, did we sure try. <laughs> um, so when we had our second, uh, our, our youngest one here, it was, I was not pushing as hard to get transferred, um, back until we knew that she was ready and they could accommodate it. And thankfully it was five years later and they were a lot in a way better situation, um, in our local hospital and could accommodate them at that age and a little bit more up to date on stuff. So it was a much better experience, but yeah. And it would be for you too, because you've been down this road. Yeah. I, um, I, gosh, I can just, I just, I see you and I hear you and I just understand in, in slightly different situations, but mama, I just have so much love for you and for anybody going through this. My, Mm -hmm. um, my first son, Jaden, he was born in a hospital that also didn't have, uh, the ability to care for a preemie with his health issues. So they flew him from, um, Nanaimo, which is mid Island to Victoria, which is, on the, the bottom of our island and I wasn't able to be transported with him or see him until the next day which doesn't sound awful but my child who's struggling to live is nowhere he's not even in the same city and I and I know you understand the juggle of um or maybe you don't but somebody out there will understand the juggle of you know, being on a bed and having to recover from birth and not having a child with you. It's, it's awful. And then my second, uh, he was flown off the island to uh, Vancouver to go to um, sick kids because he was born at two pounds and very, and, and really struggling to live. And, um, we had an amazing NICU experience there 
with the staff and and they were so supportive and wonderful. But then when I got discharged, I had a toddler back home and uh, I was not even on the same island. I had nowhere to stay. So I had to I had to leave him and I didn't see him for almost two weeks until he wow. got flown to our NICU and they had room in, in our local hospital. And that was, yeah, he, this sounds awful, but he may have well have been dead. I, I had all these emotions and love for a baby that I could not even look at. Mm. And then my daughter, she was born here. Her, her birth was the most enjoyable. She was born and in a NICU where I lived. So that was a mm. lot less juggling. <laughs> but um, I just want to tell all the moms out there to to um, take notes and, and ask the questions and just follow up with what you just said ask the questions, but also know that you can call the NICU. That was a Mm -hmm. huge er, resource for me was in the middle of the night when I was discharged or when I was in a different town from my babies was calling, you know, calling, even if it was every hour, hi, how's his oxygen right now? And, and what was his blood? How did his blood work go? Or, you know, did she eat and did she keep it down? And, um, and you know, are they okay? You just sometimes you just yeah. need the reassurance of the nurse telling you that there's been only so many brighties that hour. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. I can't even imagine. Crazy. So I want to ask you both, you know, now that your children are older, how, how has their prematurity affected them as, you know, kids, as young kids? And, and it has it, and what was it like for them growing up? You know, it's, uh, so we have, obviously the boys are seven, so it's been seven years and then our young, that is almost two. So it's been, I'm a year and a half removed from the NICU experience. And it's funny now that since I've been doing this podcast, I just, and leading up to it, it all, you forget it all. Mm-hmm. I, I, for me anyways, it, you kind of, I don't know, it's this distant memory yet. It, it was, it was such a big piece of, of their first few months of life and of, of our experience and stuff. But, um, it, now all the emotions start coming back now that we're doing it and remembering all of it and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, for us, they, our kids have turned into some amazing little people. Um, and, uh, and truly it hasn't, I don't know. I don't think it's really affected them all that much. We have some, we've had speech and, and physio and, and stuff like that to work through. But when I look at it in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's also very minor and, um, and our, our boys are very different and we're very different in the NICU and, um, and have kind of different requirements and stuff because of it. And kind of the, the most that we've had to work with is one of them is a, has tight, tight legs and is a toe walker. And I don't know if that's, I'm assuming it's in relation to being, um, premature. And so we have to do physio with that, but, that's for us. That's kind of about it, thankfully. So my story is different. All of my children have health issues, and our our first years of life were um, we we were well known at the hospital. Um, all of my children have struggled with um, 
gosh, there's so much. We had it all too. We had IDP, we had speech, we had swallowing problems, we had colic, RSV, bronchial problems. Um, gosh, our list goes on and on. And I don't know if it's because I had three preemies in three years. So if it was just the time frame and the juggling act, or maybe, you know, this is where the guilt comes in. Maybe it was me. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't do something right, but we, we just, you know, one baby would get sick and then I'd have three sick babies, but they were all preemies. And I know you can understand Rihanna with your triplets that like when they're all sick, it's just, you need to learn to delegate mama and (laughs) count your blessings. But now that mine are older, mine are, um, you know, preteens and teenagers, they're fine. I have nothing to complain about. They drive me crazy sometimes, <laughs> but in the scheme of things, they're alive. And I have learned to count my blessings and my miracles and appreciate each and every single breath they take, even when sometimes I wish they would uh, uh, <laughs> behave, <Yeah. laughs> go back in the box of like toddlerhood where I can control them. <laughs> but there's going to be good days and bad days. And um, we have way more good than bad. So I just feel so lucky. I just feel lucky, even though it was awful and not a great story. We learned something and we conquered. The one thing that you mentioned there, Charlene, too, that I, you know, also was distant memory is the whole feeding um, stuff as as littles. That was a huge struggle for us, actually, too, when they were young. Um, and the different formulas, we went from one formula to another to you know projectile vomiting onto the wall and doing we had to take the boys to um to physio for or no what was it ot for feed we went to ot specialist for feeding and did the whole you know wedge them um up so they're they're an angle on the left hand side and it's so crazy bottles and you know all that kind of stuff that you just in the hopes that oh god I hope they don't puke up their whole bottle this time and I hope they can sleep through the night because their tummy isn't bugging them but um but I mean it's you kind of have to when you're in those situations you have to remember that and it's hard but this is too shall pass mm-hmm. and you will I for those of you that are in it you will get through it those days they're long those days are hard but um but it it will pass <laughs> and it's okay to have a moment and and stuff but uh, <laughs> you'll make it through <laughs> and delegate i i yeah. tell every mom you know you hear so and so's in uh, in their babies in the nicu and you know first of all like i just want to tell them you're not alone um, talk to the social worker in the NICU and talk to the health nurse and know that you have the support of the community and the staff members in the hospital, but also this tribe of zebra moms that you just joined. Um, it's, it's incredibly important to delegate and, and carve out time for yourself as a woman who's just given birth, but also as a mother, if you're juggling other children at home, and then also as a new mom with your new little baby. But um, I don't even know what the question was. (laughs) 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 No, it's, it's, you guys are just so amazing. And you're sharing your incredibly powerful stories. And, you know, at the end of the day, we just, we really want to share 
our journeys with people because that's what I've really learned from, you know, you've got this mom of the podcast and the books and everything else is sharing your journeys, sharing your struggles, sharing your authentic story is what helps people. You know, some of these things are hard to talk about. Some of these things, you know, what you went through, it's funny, Rihanna, when you said like, oh, it's all coming back right now. And that's, that's what it's about. It's about bringing it back and being open and being raw and letting people in because it does take a village. You know, we hear that all the time. It does take a village. And just by sharing your story right now, you could be that village for somebody dealing with what you went through. So again, thank you for sharing and thank you for being here. And there's no, there's no going off track. We're just talking about what you went through and that's it. So I wanted to ask, you know, if there's one thing that you wish somebody had told you when you were in the thick of it, and I know that's a loaded question because there's probably a million things and it's hard to pinpoint just one, but if there's one thing you could share with the moms out there that are, you know, in the trenches dealing with this right now, what would you tell them? How would you pay it forward? What would you tell them to help them cope with what they're going through? Rihanna, you just said, you know, if this too shall pass. And I think that's a really important message and that's relatable to anything in motherhood, right? I always say like everything is temporary and that includes, you know, the good and the bad. So like, we just have to take it day by day and, you know, the good stuff goes just as quickly as the bad stuff goes. So do your best to be present and in the moment, but I'm sure when you're in the NICU and that's, you know, you're dealing with your baby grasping onto life, that's a very different journey. So what would you tell the moms? What do you wish someone had shared with you? We ended up with our, and this is, um, yeah, with our last pregnancy here. Um, what, if you have it all, the possibility to, my husband had actually ended up taking a stress leave, um, because we had the little ones at four other little ones at home. And, and then I was, I was in the hospital for almost two weeks on bed rest, trying to keep her in there and then afterwards and stuff too. And so that for us was a big savior was for him to be able to take that stress leave, um, and, and be able to be home with the other kids and stuff. Um, so it's kind of more of a, concrete thing that you can potentially look into doing if you're in the thick of it um, and seeing if you guys can work together on that. Mm -hmm. And did you have the said village? Did you have a lot of support when you were going through all of this? Were you near family? Did you have friends, people to help? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we have a really great family that lives reasonably close and are very helpful. And we do have a fantastic village. And I own on my, my other side, my other family is I own a cheer gym as well. And so that's there's, there's a village here as well that uh, I was because I had was full on running a business and suddenly couldn't be there to run a business for two months. um, And thankfully had an amazing staff that was able to just go and, and run with it. So incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And my advice for moms that find their babies in the NICU or walking down this path is to take those photos. I, Mm. I do not have as many photos of my newborn babies as I would if they were full term. And I was so scared to fall in love with them in case they didn't make it through that I almost 
I almost lost the ability to see the beauty of them. They, they are under those wires and they're under those tubes and, and that's your newborn baby. It, yes, everything's a mess and it's chaotic and it's unplanned and it's unexpected, but that's your baby. So take the handprints and, you know, start journaling. And sometimes all you can do is just be beside them. You know, sometimes you can't even hold them, but be there and be present and be grateful. I mean, if your baby's in the NICU, your baby's alive. So Mm -hmm. it's just a harsh reality for some of us. We we get so lost in the chaos that we forget to stop and enjoy the beauty of it. Mm, That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's some heavy stuff, ladies. It's crazy. (laughs) What about, no, no, don't apologize at all. Again, like I said, we, we talk about the, the heavy stuff and I'm just so grateful that I have people that can talk about that because, you know, I was very fortunate and I, I'm, it makes me more and more grateful every time I read a story, every time I talk to somebody, you know, of course there's never any comparison, but to just like, wow, I'm very, 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 very lucky. (laughs) So, you know, and Mm -hmm. having warrior friends like you guys that have been through so much and, you know, came out the other side and you're such inspiring women and your authors and your business owners. And, you know, you just inspire me every day to just be grateful and be, you know, more, just keep going and, and do the best that we can. You know, when I get upset about spilt milk or something, it's like, okay, you know, there's, this is not everything I need to just check myself and here we go back in it. So I think it's it's just so inspiring to everyone what you're sharing. It's amazing. So we get to the point in the show where, you know, when we do talk about heavy topics, especially we we like to sort of flip the energy and ask some fun questions. And it tends to give us some really fun resources, too, for moms out there. Um just because they can connect with you and we'll share all of your links on the show notes on the website. So everyone that has been following along and listening knows how to access those. So we'll have, you know, links to your businesses and Charlene, your books and everything else that is going on with you guys. We also have a really awesome giveaway, which I haven't done on the show yet, but we've uh, partnered up with sleep belt and Joey brand. And this is something that helps moms in the NICU. Um, There'll be links to that on the website as well. And we'll help a family that's in the trenches in the NICU, um, with this giveaway. So, um, if you're dealing with this right now, please, please, please reach out to us and we'd be happy to, to hook you up. Okay. So fun stuff, fun questions. (laughs) Okay. So we'll start with, uh, Rihanna and then we'll go to Charlene and we'll go back and forth. So I want to know what your morning routine is having five kids. I can only (laughs) imagine what your morning routine is. So this is going to be good. (laughs) different every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, our, thankfully, we, with the one benefit of having five kids is I think they almost have to be independent, right? Um, so they're pretty much responsible for getting themselves ready in the morning. And they're really good about it. They, they know their jobs in the morning that they have to get done and they get them done and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, get up with the kids and the most I have to do is kind of help with some breakfast here and there and 
and get the kids out the door on time. So, <laughs> it's not very, not very glamorous. So that's <laughs> your story. theory behind having more kids. It's like they, they take care of each other. <laughs> it's like yeah, having yeah. a whole tribe to take Truly. care of each other. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's funny because now with our seven year old boys, I was the other day we had to get out the door and get them loaded into the truck. And I came out and my two year, almost two year old was buckled into her seat already. I was like, wonderful. I, <laughs> I didn't even have to do it. <laughs> That's perfect. They just take care of each other. It's the best. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you, Charlene? Well, I don't know if you guys want to hear the truth here, but you need to remember that my youngest is um, is eleven, so I I don't have to do anything. You know, I <laughs> I get the joy of saying good morning. How'd you sleep? All right, we're leaving in twenty minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> gather your stuff. I guess. One thing uh, we do really well is as a family unit, we get ready the night before. So lunches are done and hockey stuff for hockey academy is ready and backpacks are ready and shoes are picked out. The morning in our house now is amazing. If you go back to the preemie days, it was or young mm-hmm. toddler stage. It was chaos. I, yeah. It took a lot of time <laughs> for us to figure out how to make it a beautiful morning. Well, and you give but, me hope. Uh, I, I, that's exactly what I want to hear because I'm in the chaos <laughs> of having, you know, a <laughs> junior kindergartner and a toddler that's completely insane. And then I also have a 12 year old who's, you know, in the, <sighs> in the thick of like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to wear and I can't get out of bed. And you know, the, te- so the teenage are- angst. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's so real. <laughs> my kids this year are in high school, middle school and elementary. So we have three different schools, oh three different drop off times. You know, we've got before school sports practices and academies and, and, and we're very honest as parents and tell them, you know, if you forget your pick a sport, forget your lacrosse stick, <laughs> and I've driven you to lacrosse practice, you're standing on the sideline. I yeah. I cannot physically do any more, you know? Yeah. So my mornings are great, guys. <laughs> I have like a few cups of coffee and perfect <laughs> I get to play fishes <laughs> <laughs> I love it that's the way it should be um yeah as I said it gives me hope okay if if time money or scheduling were not an issue what is an item at the top of your bucket list that you'd like to check off and this can absolutely be selfish everyone's like oh do I have to involve my kids it's like no you don't it can be anything you want mama Okay, I was actually going to include my kids because, you know, having five kids and traveling anywhere on an airplane is uber expensive. It also sounds like some sort of torture to me. Five kids on an airplane. Oh my gosh. Right. How do you even do it? (laughs) You can't even sit in one room. In a private jet. So the key, yeah, the key is we haven't. So, so if time and money weren't a thing, then, then I would take everybody on a little vacation. Yeah, you've got to do road trips hot. or something. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we have a camper. That's our, that's oh our thing. Oh my gosh, so, five kids yeah. on an airplane. That's got to be some kind of like movie. Some, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> crazy. How about uh, you, Charlene? So what would I like to do yeah. if I had all the money in the world? All the money in the world, scheduling? all the time. Kids, no kids, totally up to you. Hmm. I don't think I've <laughs> ever thought of that. <laughs> I, I, I'm just such a mother. I can't even envision not being not being one. Um, 
you know, I think I would unplug from the world. Mm -hmm. And I understand that I am so involved and I, I put myself out there, but I think I'd be on a beach somewhere with like, I mean, not even Wi-Fi, not, not even a phone, maybe not even a camera. I'd be playing in the sand. Yeah. That sounds dreamy. <laughs> like that sounds heavenly <laughs> oh, on a hammock. Can you imagine being on a hammock right now? <laughs> no. Like in Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I, I just went there in my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. One parenting hack that you cannot live without. So this can be a product, a rule, an item, an idea, anything, just something that has totally transformed your motherhood. And this does not have to be NICU related, oh. but it, it absolutely can if, if that's what worked for you. Oh gosh, transformed my motherhood. Is there something out there that's trying? I don't feel like there is. <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, for me, I don't know. With us and our five kids, we I didn't realize it out there, uh, but having a large enough vehicle was one challenge to have. Um, but then also we have five kids in car seats. <laughs> five kids in car seats right now. So, so what vehicle do you have? Quite a challenge. We have, get this, two, <laughs> two, two uh, uh, expeditions. Expeditions, yeah, they're they're different colors, but <laughs> nonetheless, we have two of them because they're the best that uh, suits our family. But then we uh, have found there's a narrow car seat um, that you can get out there, and I don't know what it's called, but uh, that has been able to save us being able to have three car seats. Oh my that. gosh, that's so crazy! I remember those days. <gasps> I've got two, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm. I think that's enough. I'm <laughs> two car seats. I'm like ah. No, more than this. That's crazy. Yeah. But oh my gosh, five yeah. car seats. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find out what that car seat is and we'll put it in the show notes after because I, I, sure. I don't know very I'll many people that have five children, especially that are all in car seats, but I'm sure it exists. I mean, yeah. you do. So <laughs> it's, it's got to yeah. somebody out there. Oh, man. How about you, Charlie? And then. I already kind of touched on it um, for our chaos, you know, where we leave at 6 a.m. and we're not back until 8 p.m. Um, with sports and stuff. I think it's necessary to get ready the night before. Even if mm. all I've done is written out the schedule again and double-checked it, you know, that's a total game-changer. Being organized is an absolute must in my chapter of life. Mm-hmm. But if I go back a few years to when my, my littles were little – uh, becoming flexible, you know, out with the schedule. It's, I, that was a very different necessity was learning that it doesn't matter if you have X planned and this is supposed to happen next, you know, babies are unpredictable and toddlers are even more unpredictable and crazy. And preschoolers are equally busy, Mm -hmm. um, becoming flexible and just accepting that no matter what you have planned you know, be prepared for the unexpected is, is how I got through my, my early years raising children. Yeah. I like that advice a lot because that's basically what I do every morning. I'm like, okay, what's happening today? (laughs) All right. (laughs) So this is it. Great. And then tomorrow's a new day. So it's all good. We've got this. (laughs) Totally. Um, 
And yep. do, you, do you know what, Sabrina? Sometimes even one day is too much of a time frame. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hour by hour. Sometimes it's it's priority tasking this right now. Hopefully it happens. Yes. And and you know, good for you, Mama, if you got that account accomplished. Absolutely. And uh, it's so true because you know it all depends on like how was sleep the night before. Did everyone sleep? Okay, so everyone's in a decent mood, mm-hmm. and that means we can do it this way. And if somebody's in a bad mood, then we're going to do it this way, and we have to separate them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yes. totally hour by hour. It's so crazy. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the good is temporary as well. So we just have to embrace it and roll with it. Roll with the punches. Yeah. What is one crutch that you can't live without personally? Is it coffee? Is it wine? Is it potato chips? You know, what one thing that you can't live without? Oh, I don't feel like I have a particular crutch. I like to just dabble. <laughs> All the crutches. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, right? I, I just started started on coffee in the last few months. I had wow. been away from coffee. But yeah. <laughs> just I know. five kids I know and you're just starting on coffee long. now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, And I uh, enjoy some red wine, but that's kind of, I don't feel like I have any particular crutch. Well, I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> I have yours plus mine. Girls, I need my me time. I need I need time with my dog or time with my partner or time alone or whatever it is I need that day. I need that time. Um, I guess time is my crutch. Sometimes it's time at the ocean, but I mean, that's a total game changer for mm-hmm. me. Um, sometimes it's time journaling or, you know, connecting with my family or my friends or myself in some way. But, I do think that's so important, uh, especially in early motherhood, because it, you really do need that time away. You know, if I'm home all day, say it's a rainy day or, you know, we're, we're cooped up all day and I'm just talking baby talk all day long. It's, it's crazy. Like I really need that space to just sort of breathe and, you know, be myself. Yes, yeah. I I can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so last question, last fun question. One self-care ritual. So we're talking, you know, anything to do in that me time that we just discussed. One self-care ritual that you would recommend to other mamas out there. Something that's helped you. Um, I have just, uh, recently gotten back out on the workout wagon. Um, and that's been, that's been huge for me to be able to actually take that time away and, and spend the time on workouts. And I've gotten a little addicted to CrossFit and I'm enjoying that. So yeah, it's, uh, that is, I think if you can find time to, for your physical health and that helps your mental health in the end, it's, mm-hmm. it's huge. I agree. I love that. How about you, Charlene? So for me, it's meditation. Mm-hmm. I am, um, I am, I am definitely on board with you, Rihanna. I think it's absolutely, you know, it's the oxygen airplane mask theory. You have to focus on yourself as a woman and as an individual and as a human before I can give my all to someone else, even if it's my children or my spouse or the world in general. So but for me, I need to I need to close up and and decompress alone, mm-hmm. and I need to count my blessings, and I really need to practice breathing, and I really just need to take a pause and and remember 
who I am as a woman and what my own goals are. What do you use for meditation? Do you use any guided meditations or apps? Or no, is it- I dabble in yeah. everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> different. Sometimes it's, uh, gosh, sometimes it's even just in yoga or five minutes in the bathroom when my children are fighting in the living room. <laughs> or <laughs> um, I do like guided meditations for sure. I, I even like uh, guided sleep meditations, but... No, I kind of like it all. It's a very new thing to me just in the last five years. Awesome. Yeah, because I I know talking to a lot of moms, it's really hard to still the mind because you're always thinking, what do I have to do? Oh, I need to make a list. I need to do this and I need to do that. And -and so-and-so needs to go here and that needs to be picked up from here. And, you know, we're so busy in our minds that it's hard to calm them. So yeah, I also enjoy meditation when, when I have a moment of silence. <laughs> it's lovely. Okay, ladies. Well, that is the show. But if there's one more thing you'd like to add or a final closing message you'd want to leave our mamas with for today, thank you again for sharing your stories and just being so raw and so open. It's, it takes a lot of guts. It's very brave to share what you've shared today. And you know, just thank you again for being here. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, I feel just so much gratitude to you, Sabrina, as a woman and as, um, as a, as a business partner, but also as a mother, um, you are so inspiring and I'm so grateful that you're even willing to take the time out of your, your chaos, your beautiful chaos to, (laughs) to hear about mine. Like I'm no one special. I just, I'm just trying my best, but so are all Mm -hmm. the moms out there, right? None of us are alone. We have each other and we just need to lean on each other. Absolutely. I say that a lot. It's like we're united in motherhood. Nothing else matters because Mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong. There's no way to be perfect in this journey, right? Like everything is different. The way our children arrive on this planet, you know, the way our pregnancies go, the way we raise our kids, the way their personalities transpire, all of it. It's all different, but we are united in motherhood. And that's, we have to have each other's backs, right? We've got to rise together and, and just be supportive and be helpful to one another. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I, I am, I'm so grateful. This has been lovely. Brianna, did you have any closing notes for our listeners today? Yeah, I, it's, uh, for those of you guys who are kind of in the thick of it, um, I think one of my realizations while we were in the middle of it too, was I, I learned to appreciate how our, actually how healthy and how, how well they were. Yes, they were sick babies. Yes, they were premature babies. But we had a situation where we were, you know, eagerly waiting to get discharged and, and getting really anxious and, you know, frustrated with the, how long it was taking. And then suddenly a baby beside us crashed and their parents walked in when they were pulling the crash cart up. And, and it just kind of was one of those like, okay, you know what, we're doing okay. And, and there's going to be moments where it's a struggle but like I said before it's you will get through this and and appreciate appreciate what you do have and the healthcare that we have and support that you have and all that goes that with that goes with it absolutely amen you've got this mama (laughs) yep yep (laughs) well thank you again for joining us today ladies and taking the time and 
Thank you for everything. We'll put all of the links to everything you mentioned today, your businesses, your blogs, your books, your stuff and your things on the show notes. And everyone that's listening, go on over and subscribe to the tribe and give us a rating and you know, a review. We really, truly appreciate every single one. And that's what helps us keep this show going. So if you like what you hear, then go on over. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join our conversation on Instagram and Facebook. To get more information on the stories we share here, our books, the blog, our community, head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us so much and we value every single review. We also have a special gift for our subscribers. I would like to thank our production team and Megan Krampotich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear and tune in next week. In the meantime, please, please remember, Mama, you've got this.